Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica T., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and today is Friday, the 28th day of October 2016. Today, we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter of Vision for You. We are on page 158. We will start with the third and fourth paragraphs. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Dana W., the 12 Traditions, Kimberly L., and our text readers today are Carrie P., Katie G., Jane B., and our newcomer greeter today is Nadia B. And the share ID for yesterday, Thursday, the 27th day of October, is 9211, 9211. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Dana W. to please read the 12 steps for us. Um, Thank you, Monica T., for the opportunity to serve today. Um, One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other food compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Dana W. 
And I will now ask Kimberly L. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Kimberly L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling in from Georgia. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities, and I pass. Thank you, Kimberly L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So, today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter a vision for you. We are on page 158. We are going to start with the third paragraph, and that will be read for context. And then the fourth paragraph will be the paragraph that comments will be taken on. And with that, I'm going to ask Carrie P. if she would read for us, please. Good morning, Monica. Can you hear me? Yes. This is Carrie P., a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. That afternoon, he put on his clothes and walked from the hospital, a free man. He entered a political campaign, making speeches, frequenting men's gathering places of all sorts, often staying up all night. He lost the race by only a narrow margin. 
he had found God and in finding God had found himself. That was in June 1935. He never drank again. He too has become a respected and useful member of his community. He has helped other men recover and is a power in the church from which he was long absent. Good morning, everyone. This is Carrie P., a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And, you know, I know that for me, when that spiritual experience happened for me, everywhere I went, people looked at me differently and people had a different, you know, what's going on with you? How are you? You know, you could just, and whether it was them or whether it was me, I could just feel the difference. It's like I walked in a different light. It was just amazing. And, um, you know, I heard something really great, that the world is full of flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. And, you know, making this decision to turn my will and my life over, you know, has been, has made me a a very useful person in society. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie P. And with that, we're going to open the floor up to who would like to comment on paragraph four. Chrissy G. Chrissy. Chrissy G. Anybody Melissa else? Say. Melissa. Melissa say. Gotcha. Melissa. Anybody else? All right. We'll start with that. Chrissy G and Melissa C. Go ahead, Chrissy. Good morning. Chrissy G. Recovered in New Jersey. That um, spiritual awakening, that walking, being a, a free woman and being free of the baggage, I can go to church now, I can feel a connection with God wherever I am, but I could also participate for me in my community again and feel just feel like among the living. Like I, I was I felt like I was a walking death back then. And I feel like a this spiritual awakening for me hasn't been like hasn't been like me rising above the world so much as being able to see it in a in a different way and love it, you know, like the the long version of the Serenity Prayer. Take this world as it is, not how I would have it, but how it's God's world. It's God's world, and it's not for me to question and criticize every everything. And so that's the way I go into every every arena. I was never thought to be able to get back to my church, not. Not because I didn't feel welcomed, which I didn't, because I, I did things that would make me excluded from the church in my life, and I, I felt like a, a weirdness about it until I did the work and and had some healing with that. But it was also because I was so judgmental. I, I, I isolated, my, isolated myself not only because I felt like I wasn't worthy, I felt I felt like nobody was like what I didn't even want to play you know I didn't even want to show up and play in like the the sandbox of life like I just I just wanted to haul myself away in a hole and just numb numb out that's that's what I wanted I was like it's not the way I want it so I'm not going to participate 
And with the spiritual awakening, it changes all that. It's like, I want to participate. It doesn't mean the world changes and all of the difficulties go away. It's just that I get to see them in a different way. And and it's it's a miracle. I could participate. I could really, I guess it's the, at, at the end of the day, it's it's the principle of the 12 steps and, and the St. Francis prayer, looking at what I could give. And it's not like, it's not like I have to force myself to do that. I'm excited about that. I have something, something different in me that I'm excited about looking for what I could give. So I'm not walking around disappointed and pissed off most of the time. With that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. And Melissa C., it's your turn. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, what amazes me is this is the same person who um, couldn't, you know, couldn't make it home from the hospital without um, picking up. And, you know, and then we can go, you know, to someone who never drinks again. You know, he um, he was in and out of the hospital, always got drunk on the way home. The same man who prayed to God on hangover mornings, um, but was, was it boiled like an owl, um, you know, by noon. The same man who said, God didn't do much for me when I was trying to do this on my own. And yet, he found God, and in finding God, he found himself, and never had to drink again. And you know, to me, it's just miraculous. Like, and I think, um, you know, much like me, I, I hope to be that same person. I'm, you know, I'm the same woman who was always attempting to diet my way to peace, but um, was binging by the weekend. You know, I begged God as I got up each morning to just make me thin. Um, but I was going through the drive-thru, you know, Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru on the way to work. You know, I cursed God. Um, where was he when I tried to do this on my own? And But when I found God and found myself, I found a limitless supply of power. And um, it's so hopeful to think that I could never eat my alcoholic foods again, just like Dell. And, um, you know, and so what will ensure that for me, it goes on to say that he became useful. And um, that has to be, like, my primary focus, not um, not to be so full of myself. You know, someone said to me recently, oh, you must be really taking care of yourself now. And, yeah, that might appear, it might really look that way. I am taking care of myself, but I've become other-centered, you know, and in becoming useful, um, I have the possibility to stay recovered, um, you know, one day at a time. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Bella G. I got you. Anybody else? Paula D. Paula. Everybody else? We're all sleeping in this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ahead. Pardon? Say it again. Happy. Pat P. Leah M. P. Leah M. Pat, was that Valerie a... B. Say that again. Uh, Valerie, Valerie B. Valerie. Okay. Valerie. 
All right. This is what I've got. Bella G, Paula D, Pat P, Leah M, and Valerie B. And if you're not the next one to speak, if you're not Bella, please mute your phone. Awful echo. Thank you. Okay, Bella, it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. A useful member. Wow, it's such a wonderful feeling. And yes, as soon as I got connected to God, as soon as I got connected to a loving, accepting power, I got disconnected from my ego, from my from being ego center. So then when I got connected to a loving, accepting power, I can be a useful member because then I don't have to prove again my existence. I don't have to be a people pleaser. I just can act as, you know, as all, all other humans that we, me as other human beings, we are not perfect, and we will be never perfect. And yes, I can give over because whatever I give, it's not something for myself. I am giving over a message from God. It's not my ego messages. It's over again and again that a message from a loving, accepting power. And then when I can be useful because... My, you know, my belief is now that I don't have to prove that I am the best and I am better than you. And now we are in a competition and we, and I will be the winner no matter what. Not at all. Now I am giving over the message of God, the message of accepting and loving power and not my only message. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Paula D., it's your turn, and then it'll be Pat. Thank you, Monica, for your service today on this Friday. And thank God it's Friday. Well, actually, I thank God every day, whatever the day may be. This would be Paula, recovered by and with the grace of God. May I just ask before I continue here, the paragraph that uh, we're reading is that was in June 1935. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you for the yes. I just wanted to make sure because it seemed I wanted to go up a bit. But I will stay on that paragraph. But I will take just a we, – we read here in the, in the beginning about the prospect. The next day, found the prospect. We see what the, the prospect was uh, – a prospector, I'm going to change here, was seeking something. And look at what he found. But he had found God. He had found God, and in finding God, had found himself. Now, I'm good. That's a, what, a, what an entrance to the next paragraph, and I think that was just beautifully, so beautifully put. Sometimes we don't even know that's what we're looking for, so we seek it in so many other things. But then they were very specific about the date. That was in June 1935. He never drank again. Well, maybe that is a date that we cling to and we go on from. But this part, respected and useful member, remember in the beginnings of the book when it says, listen to what they say. The doctor, he said, listen to what they say. 
a respected and useful member of his community. And then it goes on. And this is the, you know, there's a not line, page 89, the bottom of the line. I'm not going to go there, but you can go there and you can stay there. This is where I want to live. To be helpful is our only aim. Jeez. Get rid of all the clutter, the resentments, that they do it my way. Look at, he has helped other men recover and is a power in the church from which he was long absent. I've been absent and yet I was sitting there. Today, whether I'm in the church, the church is within me and wherever I go, that's the part. You know, today I'm in a rainy place, rainy place in New Hampshire. Yesterday, two days ago, I'm sorry, day and a half ago, I was in a sunny, sunny Florida, Monica. And what happened was a lot changed, but something didn't change. The God that was there is the God that is here. But look at that word, a power in the church from which he was long absent to finally be found. What a paragraph. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. And Pat, I didn't get the initial of your last name. You're up and then it'll be Leah. Hi, this is Pat P. from Minnesota. I'm compulsive over eating and recovering. Um, I really... Uh, can relate to this right now because I'm just new into the program and I want to thank Monica and everybody that has spoken and everybody that's here because if we didn't have this I don't think I'd be where I am today. Uh, I'm also grateful to have this opportunity to, to remind myself what it felt like and as I slowly get recovered I do know it's a wonderful feeling to find God. I think it gives me a different perspective of the day. It's uh, it's a new strength, and 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 fear seems to go away. I don't have to worry about anything because I get up and put my hands in his his. I put my my soul in his hands, and and things go much much smoother. When I try to take it back, it's like pricking against the bricks and I am so grateful that I stumbled that God led me to this a vision for you and with that I'll pass. Thank you, Pat P and Leah M. It's your turn and then it'll be Valerie B. Thank you very much, Monica. That was in June nineteen thirty five. He ne- never drank again and of course uh that expresses the permanent recovery, not cured, the recovered uh, state of mind that's made possible um, by these 12 steps, by this process. It's not just about gaining information and knowledge. It is an experience, a spiritual experience, and that's a message of open possibility for everyone. I mean, certainly the story is miraculous, Absolutely, his transformation is miraculous. Again, this is a this Bill D, a highly intelligent uh, lawyer, you know, was hospitalized eight times within six months. He could he'd get dried out and sobered up, uh, but he couldn't get back home without needing a drink, some substance outside of himself, uh, to create uh, an ability to cope with life. Um, but as a result of these of this spiritual process 
he was reborn. I mean, that's what we're seeing here. So this is far more than the mere elimination of alcohol. This is a renewed life. This is a restored life that we're reading about. This is a rehabilitated life. And that's what this process is all about. These steps that we talk about every day and we share how we're working them individually in our personal lives, these steps are designed to cause a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery in a way that we realize we've undergone such a profound alteration, such a profound change in our reaction to life that such a change could hardly have been brought about by ourselves alone. And that is a message of hope and possibility for everyone on this line because each and every one of us has a special godly goodness and a unique way of giving back to our community, giving back to our families, giving back globally. We have a way of giving love that has been designed and destined to be channeled into the world, right? We have recovered and have been given the power to help others. You know, God gives me free will, and I can utilize that free will to self-destruct, and I did that very, very well. Or I can utilize that will by aligning myself with God, my own mind, and with others by living in steps 10, 11, and 12. For almost two decades, I had a delusional relationship with food. Addiction was a symbol and a symptom of self-will run riot. I had twisted thoughts that became untwisted by the result of these the steps unchained my heart and my mind so that I could live freely and be able to uh, spill out to give. So this, those distorted drives just wrapping up have been restored to their true purpose and direction, and that's exactly what we're seeing here in this miraculous story of Alcoholics Anonymous number three. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah M. Valerie B., it's your turn. Hi, this is Valerie B. from Maryland. Thank you for your service. Um, and, and, you know, as we were reading this, the thing that, that struck me most is, um, you know, how he never drank again and he helped other men recover. And I think the most amazing thing that I've learned doing these steps is that, that you know, when life assaults me and I get resentful, I get selfish, I get stressed out, I can do the steps and it leads me to God and it leads me to help like steps 10, 11, and 12. When I'm wrong, promptly admit it. When I see my part in the situation, it is so freeing. I turn to God with the situation, and then I go help someone else, which is what I'm being taught in the program. I don't have to run to the food because the things the, the things that are frustrating me that I'm stuffing down, all the resentments and the things I'd like to say to people, but I can't, you know, I, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, it's, it's being released by the grace of God, and then I don't, I don't have to... You know, I don't have to do something to make me feel better. You know, um, the, you know, the, the grace of God is helping me. And then, you know, it's amazing the 10-step turnaround is when you turn around and do something good to help someone else out. Oh, my goodness, how amazing is that, you know? And, you know, sometimes you feel it and sometimes you don't, but it always helps. And with that, I pass. 
Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Valerie B. And we're on page 158, the fourth paragraph. And would anyone else like to share? Penny Janice M. Sarah W. Oh, boy. Well, okay, let, I didn't get much, but this is what I got. I've got Penny, Sarah, and Charles. Who else? Janice. Janice M. Janice, okay. Got Janice. Nessa R. Nessa. Okay, was there somebody else in there that I didn't catch? I got Penny, Sarah, Charles, Janice, and Nessa. Okay, Penny, I didn't get your last initial. If you'll give that to us, please. And then, Sarah, you'll be up next. Penny C. Go ahead, Penny C. Okay. A recovered compulsive overeater living in the Boston area. And uh, I I was browsing through the history of AA and looked up Bill Dotts and the uh, alcohol Alcoholics Anonymous number three, and uh, I found a very, very lovely quote that Bill W. wrote after um, Bill Dotson died in September of 1954. Nineteen years he was sober um, before he died. Never drank again after that spiritual awakening he had uh, in the hospital after seeing Dr. Bob and Bill W., and what Bill wrote was, he said, on Friday night, September 17, 1954, Bill Dotson died in Akron, Ohio. That is, people say he died, but he really didn't. His spirit and works are alive today in the hearts of uncounted AAs. And when I read that, I I just became very grateful to the people who went before me for for right starting with um, Bill and Bob, you know, um, getting this book out and founding AA and being, you know, writing the directions that so many addicts follow, not just AAs, but the addicts like us, the uh, compulsive overeaters who didn't know how to get back into a sane and and useful um, existence, and and I'm just so grateful to all the people that came, that that helped me, including all the people on this meeting that helped me every day to stay in recovery, and um, yeah, and 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 I, you know, my hope is that our spirits, long after you know um, we're gone, that our spirits are going to live in the lives of of all the people that are that are coming up um so that that you know this this program this this fellowship this 12 steps will last and last and and um and be there for for countless others and with that I'll pass thank you penny c sarah w it's your turn and then it'll be charles Good morning, Monica. Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you for your service. Uh, good morning, Vision, for you. Um, I was um, reading what we, you know, I've been following along, and um, the thing that strikes me is how long ago it is um, and how soon it was after Dr. Bob got, got um, sober that he was out doing a 12-step call and how important that is for us to be 
really uh, in in the trenches, really almost immediately. That's part of sponsorship. And, um, you know, I can't put anybody, not not uh, Bill Wilson or Dr. Bob or Bill D on a, on a pedestal. These are all human beings, and they all had um, strengths and weaknesses just like us. And I think about eight times this guy, was try, you know, went into the hospital. And, you know, I think about all the people that I've met along my journey that have had such struggle in uh, getting abstinent that have turned away from the program that haven't come back, um, that, you know, just, you know, the whole idea of how hard it is. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm from the other program. You know, this disease is really, in many ways, a very different disease than alcohol in some ways for me. I'm speaking for myself. Um, uh, you know, it, it's not that... It's it's an addiction, but it's it's just a little tweaked a little bit. And I think the thing that I, I really uh, feel is so important, you know, I did a health fair recently, um, and I represented OA, and um, we had a lot of interest. And, um, you know, just meeting people where they're at and really um, allowing uh, our higher power to come in and help us discern how to approach people. Because everybody's so different. Some people are so wounded that they just really struggle to reach out to anybody at all. And sometimes we need to do some extra reaching towards them. And that doesn't mean we're we're enabling. That means we're really reaching out to help somebody, to be there for them. Of course, and the and the thing that I think is most important is, you know, willingness is a one man job, yes. But I think that um you know, I've seen many AA people go out and, and really, you know, be with that person. And I think that has to happen in all ways sometimes, too, that we really need to be um, to be there for people. It's so important. It's important for our own recovery, and it's also important for the other people. Um, that's, you know, and getting out of self. When we're in the midst of self-pity, the best thing I can do is reach out to somebody else that's suffering, whether it be a compulsive overeater or anybody. Because that's my disease is my selfishness, my self-absorption, and that is wrapped up in fear and anxiety. And when I get out of myself, I become different. You know, it's like the, the magic of God walks into me. And last thing I'll say is I heard recently, my God is crazy about me. And I want to keep that because I know it's true. But, but God is crazy about all of us. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Charles, it's your turn, and then it'll be Janice M. Charles, can't hear you. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I was, yeah, there I'm there. You, there I'm you are. <laughs> How you doing? Good morning. Thank you all for your service. Charles H. Recovered Composable Reader just for today. And, you know, I thank these three gentlemen, and I don't know if we got to a paragraph about the devil, devil may care guy, uh, AA number four. I'm, I definitely identify with that. Uh, you know, I thank them for laying the groundwork for this process and um, for this program, this design for living. And, um, you know, I was doing a little digging about AA history, too, and I found out that a vision for you uh, was the chapter that, that was last written right before the book made it to the press. 
I'm like, wow, that's how powerful this chapter is. But I was talking with a sister yesterday from program, and, you know, we made an appointment to uh, go through the doc's opinion. She was telling me how stressed she was and, and you know, how stock raving mad she feels when she's abstinent. So I took her to page 55 in the big book. And, you know, it says, I'm not even going to paraphrase. I'm going to get right to it. It says, uh, it says, actually, we were fooling ourselves, for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be blocked by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or another, it was there. Then I took it down to the next paragraph. I shared this at OA World, World Convention. We found that the great reality deep, uh, deep down within us, in the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. So I found out that, you know, even believing, coming to believe, they were setting me up to do the, the uh, Bill was setting me up to do the inventory process. Because when I am, when I'm abstinent, when I minus myself from those physical allergies that I put in my body, I'm exposed to the great reality. That's the fundamental idea of God that I think Bill W. was talking about. You know, my fears, my resentment, you know, um, and even yesterday, <laughs> Man, I had about, you know, I, I used to be scared. A big man like me, scared to pick up that phone and say, you know, you got five minutes, I got a 10-step. I had about 15 of them yesterday, and, and, and this vessel got unblocked by the design for living one day at a time, and I thank these men for laying the foundation um, for, for a ragged wretch like me to follow. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Charles. Charles H. Okay, Janice M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Nessa R. Well, thank you, Monica, and good morning to you and to everyone. My name is Janice M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. You know, there's so much in this little paragraph. Um, First of all, the name of the chapter is A Vision for You. What does that mean? It means so much to me. It means that this is going to happen to me. They've got, I mean, my higher power already knew this, so I I, I think it's just... um, you know, divinely inspired. So what, what do I see that's the common denominator here? Well, first of all, the, uh, they started with one, uh, one recovered alcoholic, and he never drank again. Why? Because he went through these six tenants, they called them at that time, and, and um, the obsession was removed. Now, after he became, because he became recovered, there was a relationship with God, with his higher power. That's the first three steps for us for today. And then he went through and saw about himself, like we're doing today, when the 12 steps were written, steps four through nine, which is a relationship with myself to get to know who I was, who I am. And then he could have a relationship with the community. See, I can't have a relationship with others until I get a relationship with God and myself before I can even go out. And I see a common denominator here, like it was mentioned. These three men were recovered. And you notice, a vision for you is that's how this wonderful fellowship of OA will progress. When we get recovered, and then then it tells it again that you have to, you know that you should be recovered in order to carry the message. 
because you won't have a full I, I I didn't have a full message to carry when I when I wasn't recovered. I'll tell you what I carried. I carried a food plan and told them they had to do that. I can't even I couldn't even do it myself, you know, helping somebody else. So I see such commonality here. You know, each one of them found a God. See, that's the first thing. They found a God. They put the food down. They put the alcohol down. And they never drank again. They were recovered from what? A seemingly hopeless, because they were all hopeless like myself, hopeless state of mind and body. How come? I mean, that, that's miraculous. So the main purpose for us now is once we're recovered, you see, here's the service step. This is what they're doing. They're continuously helping somebody else to have this fellowship grow. So you can see the process. And that's the bottom line, to help other men recover. Not lose weight. Yeah, that's good. But to be recovered. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. And Nessa R., you're up. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. Two things strike me this morning. The first one is that if a man like this, who was hospitalized um, eight times in six months, who drank on his way home after every treatment, um, who was such a low-bottom gutter drunk, uh, recovered using this beautiful program of action, anyone can. It worked for him, and it will work for anyone Provided, provided, this is a big proviso, that the instructions are followed precisely without adding, subtracting, changing, you know, the altering, nothing. As long as the instructions in the big book are followed precisely, anyone can recover. And the other thing that um, calls to me is usefulness. Um, you know, a recovered compulsive overeater is a useful person because, um, not only we are experts in the disease, which very few people are um, outside of um, us, but more importantly, we are um, experts in recovery. Nobody else has recovered from compulsive overeating. You know, and I know for me, I tried many different phases, diet experts, nutrition experts, exercise experts, therapy experts, you know, you name it. And they have no expertise because they have never been there. They have never been in addiction, and they have never come out of addiction. So we are uniquely qualified to help others. And, you know, what, what makes us useful, what makes me useful is the fact that I am recovered. And what does that mean? It means I am not longer, no longer focused on the food, you know, how much I'm going to get, when I'm going to get, what I'm going to get. Um, but deeper than that is that I'm no longer focused on myself. You know, my little plans and designs, what I want, what I don't want, how I want it, um, getting my way, manipulating, scheming, cajoling, coercing, you know, all these things that I used to do to, to, to arrange life to suit myself. You know, I no longer do that. And because I'm no longer doing that, I'm focused on others. And, you know, the funny thing is, and I've shared this in this line many times before, it's the paradox that in not focusing on my own happiness, but in focusing on being of service to others and their happiness and their comfort and how I can be useful to them, I have found so much more that I, you know, didn't even know that this is when I was, like, desperately seeking my own happiness. 
um, you know, and, and usefulness to others is also uh, a prerequisite for me to stay recovered. If I'm not useful to others, if I'm not helping other um, um, addicts, other compulsive overeaters out, out there sharing of my expertise with recovery, uh, I may not get to keep it. You know, it gives me immunity so that I um, don't have to worry about relapse, you know, provided that I practice these principles in all my affairs. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Or Okay, Harlan, I'm going to... Harlan G. Harlan. Go okay. ahead, Harlan. Thank you. Harlan G., recovered compulsive overeater from Scottsdale, Arizona, via Chicago. Go Cubs. The paragraph is telling me something that is an ancient way of thinking in this program, but I don't always follow it, and that is we do not live to recover. We recover to live. He's living his life. He works the steps, absolutely. He is sober, absolutely. But he's active in the church. He's active in civic affairs. He's out there living his life. I have to take the program out of the meeting room and put it in the car with me, take it home. I have to take the program into the workforce. I have to take the program into my relationships, into my, into my career, my vocation, into everything that I do. I have to stop trying to fit OA as a piece of my life and fit my life into my OA program, but I must live my life. And with that, I'll pass things. Thank you, Harlan. Anyone else? Larry. Anybody else? (laughs) You're up, Larry. Uh, Thanks, Monica. Um, Yeah, this, uh, you know, Bill Dotson, um, I mean, you talk, you know, the Greek word for miracle, it uh, denotes that which generates wonder. And, you know, I think, you know, the person who is spiritually attuned, you know, knows God. Um, prayer does not necessarily change God, but it change it changes me. That you know, the man who prays, the woman who prays, and you know this program. And I think what we're reading of Bill Dotson, this was not about science. And I'm a big fan of science, love science. But this spiritual program, like Harlan was saying, it's a practical program of action. Yes, we, he took it out. Bill Dotson took it out into the world. We, we get the same opportunity to take it out into our world. And, and, and then the, mir- the miracle expands. I don't know why I became recovered, not cured, like Leah said, not cured, but recovered, changed, where that obsession of the mind was driven out. I don't know, you know what mechanisms by which. I mean, I, I can speculate. I just know that it happened. And see, for me, that's the miracle because it's, it's, a, it's an extraordinary event that took place that no amount of, of scientific, synthetic knowledge um, was able to, to, uh, to effectuate in my life. You know, it did not come about in my life, but it was only 
through working these action steps, this action program that revolutionized the man that I am today, that I could, spe- I could look you in the eye today and I could say I'm changed. I'm still an imperfect human being, but just like Bill Dotson, I've been changed by the miracle of this program and I've been transformed. You know, what, you know, what does the spiritually attuned person, what are they able to do by God's grace? They're able to go out and do good things in this world. I mean, I was a guy that smashed windshields in anger. I'm not that man anymore. What, what else would you call that than a miracle? With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Would anyone else like to share on this? Okay. Well, we will move on then. And Katie G, it's your, will you read for us, please? Monica, can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. Katie G recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. So you see, there were three alcoholics in that town who now felt they had to give to others what they had found or be sunk. After several failures to find others, a fourth turned up. He came through an acquaintance who had heard the good news. He proved to be a devil-may-care young fellow whose parents could not make out whether or not he wanted to stop drinking or not. They were deeply religious people, much shocked by their son's refusal to have anything to do with the church. He suffered horribly from his sprees, but it seemed as if nothing could be done for him. He consented, however, to go to the hospital where he occupied the very room recently vacated by the lawyer. Let me get my timer. This is KDG Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic, calling in from Boston. A couple things stand out. Um, you know, uh, suffering horribly from my sprees and, um, you know, my parents not knowing whether or not I wanted to stop. Like, here it is, this young girl who's, um, she looks like she's dying because she's 110 pounds and has peach fuzz, and then she goes to college, and, you know, nine months later, she has 100 more pounds on her body. And um, I suffered horribly from my sprees, both in the program and outside the program, um, my sprees on exercise addiction, my sprees on lying, my sprees on um, uh, uh, cheating and stealing. Um, and, you know, no amount of suffering. I mean, you know, sometimes I hear people saying, oh, well, when I reach bottom, maybe I'll do it. For me, there is no bottom. Like, I just have to stop digging because bottom is in the grave, right? Like that, I have a disease that wants me dead and it's going to settle for me eating. But what I really want to um, hone in on today is what it talks about is um, what, you know, our our fellow vision uh, people have been talking about is this change, right? And they have to give to others what they found or be sunk. And, um, you know, the 10th step, or forgive me if it's the 11th, says we have to watch out for excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. And um, I'm in a time in my life where there's a lot of excitement going on and I have to tell you that the most amazing thing that thank you God Harlan for you know for saying it I I just I've always heard this when I first came into the rooms you've got your life 
into your program and not your program into your life and and you live your life and for me um you know i would love to like go off on an emotional binge and you know be listening to all these love songs on the radio and sleeping in and you know doing all this stuff that like in people in the movies do because I don't know. Um, but really the foundation stone of my life is I get up, I get on my knees because that's my practice. I say the first three steps. I take my quiet time. I give gratitude. And then I'm a death of self, death of self for successful living. Like people call me and they want to talk about themselves, not in a way of dumping, but because they've gotten away from God and it is such a gift. And I literally mean, I really know that um, I'm going to be sunk. And you know what, you guys, I grew up in the suburbs um, of Boston, not wanting for something. And, and um, I was driven by getting my needs satisfied. And today, you know, like I have a lot of uh, exciting weekend going on. And my prayer to God today was like, how can I be of service to other people? Like, no, this weekend isn't all about me. It's about how I can fit myself to be of maximum service. Cause, and I'll just wrap up this with this. If I don't, I will think. Death of self for successful living, entire mm -hmm. abstinence, the tools and the steps, that is my medication. And if I don't, I'm sunk. And uh, I'm going to keep doing this with the privilege and honor of being shoulder to shoulder with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And we've only got time for one share here. We're down to the last few minutes. And who is that going to be? Nancy. Nancy, I heard you first. Okay, Nancy, take it away. Good morning. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. And the thing that struck me right away when they said that um, before they could find alcoholic number four or member number four, they, they had several failures. And I used to consider that a failure when I first started sponsoring because I would lose people one right after the other. They'd either start calling or they'd tell me they weren't going to do such and such or, you know, they, they, they weren't ready to hear the message and to hear what they had to do. And all of a sudden, um, I realized it's not a failure. I realized this is my job. I'm through God. I'm talking to other people. If they want it, they will get it, and I can't stop them from getting it. But I can also not give it to them if they don't want it. So in my case, I've had quite a few people. Um, my hope rises at times that someone is going to be willing to do the work, and then we get a little further, and they're going to stop. So as far as I'm concerned, our job, or my job, is to continue trying to pass this message on to people who want it and to, and maybe plant a seed in people who aren't ready yet. And for me, that's uh, making me feel useful. So I'm going to stop with that since it's quite late. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Jane B., would you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Monica. This is Jane B., a recovered, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right 
and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, 